Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Warren, I want to read part of a statement from the Republican Jewish Coalition condemning Ye, and it reads in part, conservatives who have mistakenly indulged Kanye West must make it clear that he is a pariah. Enough is enough. But Oren, this isn't the first time we're talking about anti-Semitic comments from Ye. Will he be treated as a pariah now? Well, I mean, I certainly hope so. It's not just that Ye doesn't care about the Jewish people. It's that his consistent and repugnant anti-Semitism can lead others to a path of violence. We have seen this play out over and over, how these types of statements animate people online. And that's why the Jewish community right now feels particularly vulnerable. I reject the idea that the Anti-Defamation League knows where the Jewish community feels because I have often uh, stated what Jewish community. Look, if I'm Jewish and I'm a part of that community, I have to tell you, I've never once gotten a flyer. And no, I don't feel like I'm an invited part of it. Since the moment I arrived in Indianapolis, Indiana, I never uh, I felt that the Jewish community embraced me. Although I did find a home, I did find a place to be where I wasn't looked at askew for my politics. I was just, you know, allowed to... To, to pray and people were, were polite. The idea that I felt an embrace, well, that just isn't real. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. And maybe one could argue that that's my fault completely. Maybe it is. But the words of Kanye West, I actually agree. Because of cultural connections can lead to problems, which is why normally when I hear some anti-Semitic bigot, I say anti-Semitic bigot and I move on. I've said that about Representative Ilhan Omar and her conversation about uh, people giving uh, uh, people giving Jews giving to members of Congress uh, because of Israel. And it's all about the Benjamins. Right. Protecting Israel about Representative Rashida Tlaib wanting to wipe Israel off the map, replace it with Palestine. Never mind her other commentaries about Israel as an apartheid state. How uh, there are people out there like Louis Farrakhan, a Jew hating bigot and people like Representative Andre Carson of Indianapolis. Who say, I'll gladly work with uh, Louis Farrakhan in the future. If you ask conservatives to excoriate and 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 push away Kanye West, but nobody asked Congressman Andre Carson to push away Louis Farrakhan. I don't know what it is we're doing here. That said, don't ask me to defend Kanye West, because that ain't happening. I, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be any part of that. If you had asked me even last week when he showed up to the dinner uh, with, with Nick Fuentes, an anti-Semite, a Holocaust denier, is Kanye West an anti-Semite? I would have said to you, maybe. He's got the comments about DEFCON 3 and Jews. It's like, that's just the weirdest thing in the world. What are you doing? I even engaged the conversation of, look, if Trump wants to, if Trump considers him a friend and the friend's in a bad spot and Trump wants to help him, that's what friends do. People have interventions. They do these things all the time. And to pretend like that never happens is the biggest bunch of crap ever. 
I don't listen to the pseudo-intellectual emotional people on social media who think that somehow they've got the moral standard at all times. Reality is much, much different, and they're not reality. They're social media. But Trump should have got up and left the dinner. And now it's, oh, maybe they didn't have dinner. Maybe they actually never sat at the same table. Maybe... Guys, if you're Trump and you see this happen, you put out the statement. That's not what's happened. There's been no strength from the Trump organization. Everything else is just dancing around nonsense that somehow I'm wrong for noticing. I'm not wrong for noticing. Trump should have left the dinner, and his staff should be fired. And he hasn't fired anybody yet, only proving to me that he not, not only likes to hire the wrong people, he wants to stay loyal to the wrong people. But now you're hanging out with Nick Fuentes and Milo Yiannopoulos, who I never, if you could go back and listen to any of the old shows, wherever they are, I never, ever was on the Milo bandwagon except to say, look, you're entitled to free speech. He can say what he wants to say. He should be allowed to say it. And then we can decide whether to listen to it or not. But then you've got... Kanye West going on with Alex Jones. And he's like, hey, Hitler didn't kill six million people. He, you know, it's like he had a really cool outfit and stuff, and he was a really good architect. And, uh, and so you're in love with the with the with the with the with the, archi- the, the, the look of it. And he didn't kill six million Jews. That's just like factually incorrect. Well, that's a statement, son. That's the kind of statement that gets you dismissed from polite society. But don't worry, Kanye doubled down. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I, I, see, I, I see good things about Hitler also. The Jew, I love everyone, and Jewish people are not going to tell me, you can love um, you know, us. And you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts and you can love what we're, you know, what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician, you can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good. And I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. Now, if you're asking, hey, haven't I heard that before? The answer is, oh, yeah, you've heard that before. Here, the Jews don't like Farrakhan, so they call me Hitler. Well, that's a good name. Hitler was a very great man. So since it's exactly the same statement, is Kanye West an anti-Semite? The answer is yes. And normally I'd leave it at that. And I get what's happening here. What he's doing, you see, he keeps talking like this, and then he keeps getting uh, this uh, canceled, and he loses out on, on, on this deal, and then this contract goes awry, and he goes, see? See? Look. See? It's just proof. It's just more proof. Look what the Jews are doing to me. 
Parler just announced that they are going to end their deal with Kanye West. Kanye was going to purchase Parler. In response to numerous media uh, inquiries, Parliament Technologies would like to confirm that the company has mutually agreed with Ye to terminate the intent of sale of Parler. This decision was made in the interest of both parties in mid-November. Parler will continue to pursue future opportunities for growth and the evolution of the platform for our vibrant community. And he's going to say, see, look what the Jews are doing to me. Look at what they're, it's, it's creating self-fulfilling prophecy. Why should he have to recognize how disgusting he's being, even if he's engaged in, uh, in his head, some level of performance art? I don't have to go through those machinations. Once you start talking up Hitler, you're, you're, you're out. You are out of the game. And normally I would leave it at that. The issue here with Kanye is that he has cultural connections that you don't have. And they are deep and they are massive and they have an incredible following. So normally when I see this kind of thing, sometimes I'll refer to it as an exacerbation of moronism, not necessarily an increase in anti-Semitism. This can become something that's very dangerous. This is the kind of thing where he's got enough followers that someone might think, yeah, the Jews are screwing me on the contracts. And yeah, they're telling me what I can and can't say. We can't have that. Yeah, the Jews are the problem. Yeah, maybe Hitler was on to something. Without a speaking up and a speaking out, to allow another conversation to take place, you allow someone with a microphone like Kanye's to fill all the air. Simply can't do that. Simply can't have that. Now, we should note that this is not the only anti-Semitism, and I would never accept from the Anti-Defamation League that they're going to talk about Republicans' embrace of Kanye. Again, by the way, did I or did I not say, don't do it? Just like I said, don't do it uh, uh, about um, uh, Elon Musk. I have videos out. Don't put this guy on a pedestal, Kanye West, because he could say something the next day that will make you crazy. I think it was the next day he did the whole de- after he said white lives matter the whole next day was deathcon 3. <laughs> I'm on tape. Because just as we do again and again and again and again, we engage in rational conversation. Was it rational for Elon Musk to suspend Kanye West from Twitter? The answer is well you tell me Kanye West posting an image of a Star of David. You notice the Jewish star? But inside the Star of David is a swastika connecting to the Jewish star. I've never actually seen an image like that. Uh, And it was uh, love everyone, hashtag love speech, yay 24. He's running for president in 2024, as as you know. That's what he says he's doing. And um, for this, I believe it was for this, Uh, He got once again suspended from Twitter after being back on. He was on for like a whole 12 hours, something like that. Should he be suspended? Um, I don't know if this imagery denotes hate speech. Maybe it's I'm a stronger person. Maybe I'm 
more uh, emotionally <laughs> compartmentalized than others. And I, I see that and, and I don't immediately fall to the ground crying and wetting myself. But if we're going to say that the swastika can't be allowed on Twitter, what about the hammer and sickle? You got millions of people dead there too, you know. I'm not saying it has to be one or the other. I'm only asking a question because I don't like it when people are removed from the platforms. But I just said that this vocalization from Kanye can lead to violence. And I absolutely believe that to be true. And so I've said the way to counter it is to try and bring more voice to uh, another point of view. Notice it was about more voices, never less voices. But as I said, he is not the only one engaging the anti-Semitism. Let's talk about the United Nations, which at a 90 to 30 vote with 47 abstentions, they voted to mark Nakba Day. What in the world is Nakba Day? Nakba is a word that translates to catastrophe. And that is what the quote-unquote Palestinians call the creation of Israel. So the UN General Assembly voted to hold a commemorative event in honor of the 75th Nakba Day, which is the desire to eradicate Israel and wipe it off the map, like the Ayatollah wants, and based on her actions, like, uh, like Representative Rashida Tlaib wants. The U.S., Canada, Australia, the U.K. opposed the move. There were 47 abstentions to it. Honduras, Iceland, India, Ireland, Japan, they all abstained. Well, some friends they are. China, you should should be uh, aware, Um, China voted in favor. Costa Rica voted in favor. Cuba voted in favor. Egypt voted in favor. This is the United Nations. If you want to know where the the anti-Semitism is, it's all around us. And this is some pretty dangerous stuff. Kanye is getting engaged in some pretty dangerous stuff. A couple of things as a, as a moment of, of reminder here. Um, anybody who thinks they're going to put an end to anti-Semitism in their time is out of their damn minds. They're just, they're children. My advice, first, never be afraid to speak up. Make sure you are armed with facts and data. Engage logic and reason and not emotion. And then buy guns and buy ammo. Be armed. Be prepared. Be ready. Don't ever walk into your synagogue or place of worship without being armed. And any faith leader who tells you you shouldn't be armed in in that place of worship is a faith leader who should be fired. Or you need to find a new synagogue, new church, new mosque, what have you. You have to be prepared. I cannot stop Kanye West from being a scumbag. 
I can't do it. From being a bigot, I can't do it. From doing whatever this thing is, whether it's this real deep-seated anti-Semitism or it's performance art, I'm not here to try and engage the difference. The guy hates Jews? Okay, good to know. I've moved on. But I'm going to keep trying to counter his message. Because his message can bring about violence. And I'm going to be the guy who's prepared. So the 9mm is on my hip. You can get a revolver. I'm not here to tell you what to, what to use. I'm here to tell you that if you think you can shame Kanye, shame Nick Fuentes, shame the United Nations into not being Jew-hating bigots, shame Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib or Andre Carson or Louis Farrakhan, if you think you can shame them, you're a child. And I very much need you to grow up. Counter the message factually, honestly, and clearly anywhere you are, and then buy guns and buy ammo. Get trained. And tell your rabbi if they don't like it, they can go run another synagogue. I'm Tony Katz. So Joe Biden has the state dinner last night for Emmanuel Macron. And I've been searching for this audio everywhere of him like giving a toast at at the dinner and he just sounds it's it's wrong not to notice how old he is and how old he sounds and how disconnected. I, I found that I, this wasn't it. But th- this is this is good. France was our first ally, first country to fly the American flag after our revolution. And Frank posted the first diplomatic post before more than anything else. France has been our first friend. That's not a complete sentence. Frank instead of France. And he's talking about diplomatic posts and more. And he just goes into another sentence. This wouldn't be tolerated if it was a Republican. It wouldn't be tolerated. Why do we tolerate this? And then you've got Barack Obama, who's campaigning for uh, Raphael Warnock in Georgia. you got the special election uh, coming. And, and, and he says this. We all know some folks in our lives who we don't wish them ill will. They say crazy stuff where I'm like, well, you know, Uncle Joe, you know what happened to him. You know, it's okay. They're part of the family, but you don't give them serious responsibilities. He said Uncle Joe. Wait, was it code? (laughs) We message received. Were you transmitting that to Vladimir too? Oh. How much more is it going to take that Joe Biden's not okay? He's not up to the physical rigors. He can't do the job. He can't do the job. I don't know why this is so hard for people to say. But it's getting more and more dangerous by the second in my view. 
Do you think this guy's going to run in 2024? Really? I'm not there. This is Tony Katz today. Finally, the labor force participation rate moving in the wrong direction. This is not good. 62.1, 62.1. Uh, that equals uh, the low mark, which was in July, also at 62.1 on a recent basis. If you go back in the last year, we had 61.6, 61.4 actually in January of 2020. So when you look at it in the context of 2022, it's a big disappointment. That's uh, Rick Santelli over there at CNBC talking about those labor numbers, where we are with the jobs. And if you missed my conversation uh, earlier, I'll I'll share that with you coming up in a little bit. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. I'm just amazed that you can have people like the labor secretary, Marty Walsh, they they still want to sell you on the idea that everything is just totally fine. Here he is from Fox Business. Last question to you, uh, Mr. Secretary. It seems that we're in an odd situation. The Fed is trying to cool off the economy, uh, raising the rates, which makes things harder for companies, which makes hiring freezes and job layoffs, you know, uh, uh, part of reality. But we're still seeing wages rise. They're still behind inflation. So in other words, the Fed is trying to knock down the labor market uh, in order to get us back on track, so to speak. It's a strange world we live in right now. Are you concerned going into next year that all of these numbers are going to start to slide because what the Fed is doing? Now, I think that's an interesting commentary because the Fed's doing the only thing they can do. Inflation is high. The only thing they can do is raise interest rates to stop it. They aren't in charge of the spending. The federal government's in charge of the spending, and they're not going to stop spending. I mean, that's just that's just the way that is. So the idea, it's, it's an interesting take from the Fox Business dudes about how the Fed is uh, the, 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 the problem. But Secretary Walsh's response? No, you know, I feel I feel good as we head into to next year. I think that I think there's an opportunity for us here. We're starting to see signs of a little bit of inflation uh, coming down in some ways. Uh, obviously, the president has been focused on that and, and what he has uh, done, his actions he's taken, and what we've done as an administration. Uh, I think I think there's an opportunity for us to bring down, uh, have the interest rates to continue to come down, uh, see wages continue to rise as as they have, uh, you know, incrementally, uh, but also have a good strong job. Economy. I think it's really important for us as we, you know, we're in a very different, this is a very different economic time than, than past. Uh, in yeah. past downturns, we've had recessions. Uh, there's been a whole host of different reasons. In this particular case, you have a pretty strong uh, stock market. You have very strong job growth. Right. You have wages going up. Uh, and so we have to be very creative here in how we do our, do, do our, our side of the aisle. The Fed does their policy right. and, and we, have, we have our actions on our side. The wages aren't keeping up with the inflation what it's i swear to you we see you do you not does he not is he not aware that we can see him we can see you so what are you what are you remotely doing here again we can talk about the major disconnect between Wall Street and Midwest Main Street. He's, he is proof positive of it, the labor secretary here. Completely detached 
from where Midwest Main Street is, what it is that they're dealing with. Completely disconnected. Speaking of disconnected, CNN. CNN bringing in the jobs cuts. They have to. They not only have to for their own economics, they have to because they need to make these changes. They need to change what it is they do. And I was kind of uh, flummoxed. As I've talked about this, what do I think is going to happen? Because I I have no problem with putting my thoughts out there. You guys know me well enough. I'll, I'll share it. But I, I have a hard time with the idea that they're going to give up the ideology. But Chris Licht, the CEO, seems intent on giving up parts of the ideology. So maybe that's it. I don't know exactly how far I take the thing. It is clear and rational that giving up the progressivism is valuable. Sticking to the journalism matters, as we talk often about CNN. When they do journalism, like when they've got the reporters in foreign countries, when they're, they can really do it. Man, they can really, really do it. It was like we we talked about this. Uh, Clarissa Ward, when uh, the United States shamefully under Joe Biden withdrew from Afghanistan, left all the hardware behind, left American citizens behind, left Afghanis who we promised to protect uh, behind. Um, she was there and reporting from the streets, and it was it was incredible stuff. They once did a report showing the censorship in China where they had a picture-in-picture, picture, and they were, they were showing the report that they were doing, and it was showing in the picture, and then the report, they started talking about China, and the picture, it, it went to the, the, the tone and bars, right, the, the color bars that you sometimes see, like a test pattern. That's what it went to because they were talking about China, and the censors cut the feed. It was It was incredible. I mean, you, you might be able to find it on YouTube or something like that. You should. It's amazing to watch it happen in real time, how they censor uh, conversations. It really is and truly is something else. So they can do this reporting. They just choose instead, or they have chosen instead, to give us Brian Stelter and Jim Acosta and, and nonsense garbage pablum. When they got rid of Chris Cuomo, they had realized that Cuomo was a bridge too far, and he had to go. Now Cuomo's on News Nation. I honestly don't know how it's working out for them. I, I, I don't. And, and, and I want News Nation, and I appear on News Nation from time to time, I want them to be successful. I want it to work for them. Because I think it's good to have more competition. I just don't know if Chris Cuomo was the, was the right way to bring that about. Now I say that because you can't deny that he still has a, a name. I get it. We don't have faith in him. But the name still draws, and and on that network, he's the the biggest star that they've got, and he seems to, at least at the first, brought some some viewers with him. Will that continue? I I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good answer for you. I have to assume that Chris Cuomo will Cuomo the thing up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, 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 uh, I made it a verb. <laughs> is that, is that, is that not allowed? Can, can you not, uh, can you not make Cuomo a verb and say that he's going to Cuomo the whole thing up? <laughs> Just me. 
But over at CNN, what do they want to be? They, they, they aren't going to become conservative. That's not going to happen. Are they just going to become less liberal? That's the question. And are they going to focus more on news or are they going to stick with commentary? The truth is news does not make as much, it seems, as the commentary does. Because Fox News could call itself Fox News as much as it wants. In the main, you got to take a look at where all the commentary is. Or is it that the commentary makes the noise, but the news makes the money? Does Dayside Fox make more than primetime Fox? And if so, is that a is that a, a a lesson for CNN? So they've got layoffs that are happening, and among the layoffs is Chris Saliza. All right, all right, all right. That is so so incredibly rude. The man lost his job. That you don't have to be just ugly about it. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. That was completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary to say about Chris Saliza. A vicious mother, isn't he? Well, that much is true. That much is is true. Never, never a fan. Never, never liked the dude. Never liked the pseudo-intellectualism. He, he's the guy who famously said on Twitter, reporters don't take a side. Reporters don't take a side. Have you not been watching the past six years, eight years, ten years of reporters? More, more. You can admit, we can admit it's more. Of course they do. So he's gone. A bunch of people are gone. The whole headline news team is gone. They're going to just do that as simulcast. We got to wait until they get into the nitty gritty. Don Lemon, there's, I, I just, I don't see him staying with that, with that morning show. I don't see that remaining the same. I just, I, I just, just don't see it at all. Um, then there's going to be questions about people like Jim Acosta. And then there'll be, you know, I don't think there's any question about Anderson Cooper or Jake Tapper. I think that they uh, will stay. And then there's going to be questions about how they do their day side broadcasts. So we'll see what they bring in. I can't see them getting away from commentary and I can't see that commentary not being left leaning. I just don't, I just don't see it. But I think the real objective is going to be how much more news that they can bring in. So these cuts, I was actually expecting more. That bloodletting has started. We're now getting into where's going to be the big, big names. And Lemon is going to be one of those names. Acosta is going to be one of those names. We'll see. We'll see who else they get rid of. We'll find out soon enough. Meanwhile, uh, Biden's debt program, that is going to the Supreme Court. SCOTUS is going to take a look at whether or not Joe Biden can say, yeah, uh, student loan debt, boop, 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 gone, done, forget about it. Don't worry, I took care of that thing for you. He can't, in my view. The very concept of a spending program, spending comes from Congress. Joe Biden is the executive branch, whether he knows it or not. Maybe if somebody wrote it on his ice cream cone, he'd be fully aware. The executive cannot engage a spending program. And if you take a loan program and say you don't have to pay it back, that is de facto a spending program at that moment, and the executive branch cannot do that. Only Congress, the legislative branch, can do that. The House of Representatives with the power of the purse. 
So the Supreme Court is going to take a look, even though these lower courts have said, yeah, you you don't have the authority to make this happen. Joe Biden has not done well in the courts. You know, I've got people like Chuck Scarborough. I always call him Chuck Scarborough. That is such a weird, weird little hiccup of mine. Chuck Scarborough was a an NBC News uh, anchor in New York when I was growing up in New Jersey. And I didn't mean him. I meant Joe Scarborough. But I always say Chuck Scarborough, so I'm sorry. Joe Scarborough is like, Biden keeps winning and Republicans keep losing. You mean like the House of Representatives? What exactly are you talking about? But neither here nor there. The people who, you know, want to push their, their ideology are going to continue to, to do so. But the, the, the real question in front of us is, will the Supreme Court say, yeah, you can't simply just engage a spending program. You can't just decide you're going to get rid of this. How in the world will they see it other than a spending program? And I say that because this is the Supreme Court under Chief Justice John Roberts that said Obamacare was fine because it's a tax, even though Obama and his team said it wasn't a tax. And then they were like, whoa, whoa, Supreme Court said it's a tax? Oh, that it's a tax. We always meant for it to be a tax. And since Congress can engage taxation, therefore Obamacare was allowed. So I don't know how they allow this. I don't know how they twist this and spin this to find some way that somehow the president can make this happen. I think the rational mind says he can't. You may be someone who believes that we should relieve student loan debt, that we should forgive student loan debt. I am not one of those people. We forgive student loan debt. Can we forgive people who haven't paid their taxes in 15 years? Can we just say, you know what? You didn't pay your taxes. It's all right. We'll just clear it out. We'll be fine. Picture the IRS doing that and get back to me, won't you? Yes, I I, I am only hoping that the court says, yeah, you can't do this. I am only hoping that everybody understands that Biden's push here was to buy votes for the midterm. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. Oh, wait, I can't. Oopsie. I mean, that's that's that. That's the the ball game as I see it. So this goes to the Supreme Court. I, I think they hear it in February. I think I think maybe maybe they hear it. No, I think they hear it in February is what they're going to do. So everything's on pause till then. I'm cool with that. This is Tony Katz today. Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, the former ambassador to the United Nations, trying to make some noise for 2024. Trying to make some noise in this presidential election season, which I guess with Trump announcing has already begun, or we can we can claim it hasn't, just give ourselves at least until after Christmas. I mean, after the New Year's, maybe after Groundhog Day. Can we give ourselves to after Groundhog Day? That would be, or is it Groundhog's Day? Groundhog Day? Ground, till after February 3rd. Wait, Groundhog Day is February 2nd. Is it Groundhog Day? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Nikki Haley going to town on congressional Republicans because they had a vote on earmark provisions in the House Republican Conference. Her commentary, it's totally unacceptable that the House GOP voted in secret to keep earmarks. Every single member owes their constituents an explanation. This is why people don't trust government. The conference voting 158 to 52, this earlier this week, 
against an amendment that was proposed by Representative McClintock of California that would have ended the rule allowing members to add earmark provisions to legislation so long as they sufficiently provide a written record of the purpose and receipt. So we don't know how people vote and we don't know why they voted. Secret ballots. All about whether or not members of Congress on the Republican side can just add themselves some pork. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Remember, we don't ever claim that Republicans don't spend. Democrats spend. Republicans spend slower. But there's uh, clearly a spending problem. And Republicans are not doing their job in putting an end to it. They've always got a reason why we had to do this. So, well, we had to do that. No, you got to say no sometimes. And when the Democratic Party says, well, you're just stopping progress or you're just going to hurt this group of people, that group of people, you have to walk up to one of them nose to nose and tell them to shut their damn mouths. This is the only way. The only way you have to change the presentation of the conversation, not just the conversation. You have to fight like they do. Isn't this what we learned about ballot harvesting and mail-in ballots and everything else? I oppose all the stuff, but it's legal. So you got to fight in the same vein. That's how you're going to attain victory. And then you can put an end to these practices that are, of course, ridiculous and problematic and lead to opportunities of fraud. You got to fight these people where they are. And you got to fight them directly. You got to fight them directly when they want to put you on the hot seat for not wanting to spend. The spending is the problem. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Find everything. TonyKatz.locals.com. This is Tony Katz today.